What's up, Pocket Dudes? Welcome to Pokemon Go to the Movies, the Pokemon movie podcast from us here at Gigaboots. I'm your host, Dan Video Games, and with me is Bob. He ran scary. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Agro. Transcend space and time. Shibuya Gato. Bro, is that Baltoy? And Chris Wolfhard. Date must be a bad problem in the Pokemon universe. Oh, no. Jesus oh, Christ! Okay. Oh. Mm. oh, I'm I'm censoring that. <laughs> the people are gonna figure out what you're saying. <laughs> and welcome to our review of Arceus to a conquering space time, as it's called in Japan, or as I said earlier in America, Pokemon Arceus and the Jewel of Life. This is a twelfth Pokemon movie, which means congratulations, we made a year. Yeah. We almost, we almost got 12 solid episodes to come out without that topic coming up. <laughs> almost. Maybe next time. For people who haven't watched this before, we start these off with a synopsis of the plot of the movie, following the events and whatnot, uh, giving you our musings and etc. And then at the end, we have a litany of categories we rate and review these movies on, such as the whimsy meter, the dex check, the gun check, the MVP is Ash in a coma. Arceus Ex Machina. And of course, our rating, which, because this is a fourth gen movie, it is on a 1 to 493 scale. You ever do meal prep? You know, you just do a bunch <laughs> of cooking at the beginning of the week, and then the rest of the week you coast on food that's mostly all right? This movie does that for plot. <laughs> <laughs> the plot of this movie. It's so unbelievably mundane. Like, if you wrote it down and looked at the things that happen in this movie, it's like, wow, a lot of exciting, unbelievable things happen in this movie. <laughs> but in the movie itself, it all happens with, like, the energy of, like, a sitcom almost. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just very low energy. He did it again, Ash. He betrayed Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> Arceus betrayed and left in the liquid mercury chamber. The word betrayed is just red flag for the rest of this podcast, <laughs> yes. I cannot believe he said that. I'm very afraid that every plot going forward is just going to be a betrayal of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> but he know. was my master and he betrayed me. <laughs> he betrayed me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we do our usual intro thing where they're like, Pokemon, dazzling and awe-inspiring. And then they show a bunch of Pokemon. This time, as compared to last time, this time we have like a fight going on between Cynthia and some guy with Garchomp. And she's using her melodic. It's very cool. Cynthia is very cool. Do people on the internet know that Cynthia is very cool? I feel like we need some people to really sound off in the comments. Don't think they noticed. Hey, if you think Cynthia is cool, share this podcast with every single person you know <laughs> relentlessly. Bombard them with the fact that Cynthia is cool and we think so too. And she's battling against Barry's divorced dad. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah, I forgot. Oh my God. She needs to be the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed clicks guaranteed clicks <laughs> maybe some alternate art of Cynthia <laughs> she looked weird in this movie huh uh, if I can force Arceus to pog that'll be it <laughs> does does Palmer have a Milotic I thought that was also another Cynthia Pokemon uh, both of those are Cynthia Pokemon but I believe she's using Melodic I feel like he's more likely to have another no, he, Garchomp though mm -hmm. he's using Melodic because they are on the right side, like on each other's sides. 
The shots were very brief and very fast. Someone has a guard chop. I just checked. He oh, has okay. a Militoc in the in the battle tower. Okay. Which makes sense. I guess Gen 4 only has like seven new Pokemon. I guess there would <laughs> arguably be there'd obviously be some crossover. Yeah. Anyways, this recap of like, hey, you love Pokemon ends with going, but now. And then there's spooky shots of the legendary dragons who if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, keep ruining everything. <laughs> Allegedly, they both do that. Only one of them actually does that. Yeah, this movie features a little bit of revisionism. But anyways, they recap how the fight between Palkia and Dialga two movies ago caused a horrible imbalance in space-time continuum. And then the fight between Dialga and Giratina in the last movie happened, and et cetera, et cetera. And we see Arceus floating in a spherical dimension of purple, just being like pissed as he remembers being betrayed in the past where he was betrayed for the jewel of life and he literally says i was betrayed the time has come human beings must be brought to justice except for my voice literally sounds nothing like his just then <laughs> arceus does not sound cool in this movie yeah what is that voice it's, it's a choice like imagine if god came down and he sounded like the nerd you knew in seventh grade yeah i'm trying to find a good word that's a descriptor and the best thing i have is redditor and that's not what the pokemon <laughs> yeah, god that's should really sound how like. it comes off for the first half of the movie i thought you know this this might just all be better if he didn't have a voice it could still work and then then for the second half i started to think maybe Maybe he should just be Richard Stephen Horvitz. <laughs> it just will go full that direction. Uh-huh. Maybe Dan Green should have voiced a Pokemon again. What about that? Yeah. You got him for this fucking movie. It's true. You did get him for this movie. It would be a lot of him talking to himself, but I feel like that might be preferable. Much later in the movie, about 34 notes into my notes, there was a down moment because the movie becomes a repeat of a slideshow we see earlier in the movie, but now animated. So I took that moment to go look up what else Arceus's voice actor had voice acted in. And it's oh, yeah, like a too. ton of stuff. But really, really, really early on, he voiced a character called The Gay Blade in Naughty Guide to Tokyo Nightlife. Awesome. So, <laughs> so there you go. Anyways, hey guys. Uh... That happened, then we get our title sequence, which I cannot stress how each one of these movies gets more and more jarringly obvious that the U.S. one deviates from the Japanese one at some point and looks terrible. This time, we get a sun getting eclipsed, firing off a roar around it before fading into actually being the Earth. We get some cool flying effects as a camera goes through a desert, flies up a spire, and then abruptly cuts to black and fades into the U.S. <laughs> title, and then cuts to black again and flies through an A that doesn't look like the A we just saw. It's the most hackish one of these I've ever seen. It's so funny. I thought it was insane last time when the audio didn't match. This would have been appropriate as a cut like 10 years ago <laughs> like it's a real hack job it is <laughs> 10 years before this was made oh uh, okay so 1999 yeah, yeah that mm -hmm. yeah before we get to this movie how many more of these fucking movies are we going to have to endure the pokemon that talks that's not supposed to be a thing <laughs> i feel like they're starting to get lazy like we can't write the story of the movie if the legendary pokemon doesn't talk look things got a little weird when they had to start writing gods and they kind of got cornered on what to do with that 
<laughs> well, like I said, this movie was working without the voice. He's he's pretty expressive for a, a weird sock puppet monster. A weird horse pony, my little pony, common rider face type. I guess deer. I guess he's a deer is what he's supposed like to be. Like horse deer. He's trying to be some majestic thing. And- he is some color palette swapped H.R. Giger shit is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> nice texture pack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So we get the main cast walking through a cornfield and the CG for the cornfield looks exactly like a plastic beach gorillas album music video. (laughs) And it's really unsettling. So good. They arrive, however, at Machina Town is how they're saying it. I really don't want to call it that because that just the way it's spelled and how they're saying it unsettles me. They arrive near that town. I don't think they get into it ever. That's true. They just sort of look up at the ruins and everything else and go, oh, my God. The thing. Ash goes to throw out all of his Pokemon and the frames blur insanely like they're trying to resync the audio in the US dub. I have no idea what's up with that, but they all start swimming in a river and Don was pretty unrecognizable to me. <laughs> right? I did not realize I was just like, who is this person that ran into them? Is she tucking her hair up into that cap at all times? I, d- I, don't, I don't think her hair's that long. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't keep getting distracted by them taking off Ash's hat for this in the last movie, and his hair just looks wrong. Like, <laughs> no, he's, he's got, like, anime hair from a different era now. Like, right? He pops up out of the river, and I'm like, that's a Kenshin character. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're swimming in this river, and watermelons float downstream. Some kids come up and yell that the melons are theirs, but Ash and his friends can keep it if they win a tag battle. And then we immediately jump into a <laughs> musical montage of a battle with credits over it. This is the quickest we've ever done this. <laughs> I wrote down some of the lyrics. Uh, They're very compelling, very strong, very spiritual. They say to stand up for what is right and be brave. And yet again, it sounds kind of like religious music of the era. I feel like that didn't have anything to do with this movie. It sure didn't. You know what's what's right? Me eating some fucking watermelon. God, I wish. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome right now. It's way too hot. A crowd watches the battle from a bridge, and Team Rocket is in the skyline in the background of them, pedaling their air balloon bike overhead, and yet again... Jesse's just like, I'm done pedaling. We'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not how balloons work. <laughs> Theirs works that way somehow. <laughs> yeah. We're going to look at the bottom of it closer and be like, oh, there are like fins on this balloon. <laughs> it has to travel forward or it will plummet immediately. You think Team Rocket has functional equipment of any fucking kind? That's a bold <laughs> assumption, bud. Who's going to crash anyway? She stopped. That had nothing to do with the crash. <laughs> yeah, they have some real Tears of the Kingdom energy to every device they ride. It's just like, it works mostly if we keep doing this. The second you stop, it will crash. The children they were battling uh, get completely owned and seem devastated by their Pokemon <laughs> being devastated by Pikachu and Piplup. But we cut from that moment of them being completely heartbroken to them just enjoying some melon with Ash and his team. And they got over it, I guess. They gather around a tree to eat this melon. And the tree has hyper-realistic apples hanging off from it, which was really funny. Then they say something that, I guess, sort of preps me for the level this movie is going to be. They say almost literally, you have to go to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You can't visit without going into the ancient ruins. 
<laughs> the next shot is our main cast walking up to the side of the mountain where they can see the ruins from the bottom. They say out loud that they're enjoying life. And that's when a spark goes off. A water spout forms from the lake and then leads up to a black hole. And then it happens again. Ash is like, Pikachu, kill it. (laughs) 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 And as Pikachu tries to kill water, two doofuses run up towards the movie. They're now in it. The second water spout seemingly defeated, but a gigantic one appears and starts sucking in Pikachu and Piplup. One of the doofuses says, Dialga, come forth and save these two Pokemon. And (laughs) Brock seeing Dialga come out of portal goes, Diaga is the time Pokemon. It rules over time. (laughs) When instead, he should probably be like, oh, God, that jerk again. (laughs) Dialga disperses this bizarre phenomenon, but then its reflection in the water lets Giratina through to headbutt it and blast the hell out of it. It's so good. Just the immediate. I got you, bitch. (laughs) It's so good. And and then the fact that Ash and Kuro just like, Giratina's still after him? And I'm like, this is a blood feud. It doesn't doesn't end until one of them has died. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Dioga starts trying to like fight back, but the Giratina bites it and tackles it into the water repeatedly, and I'm loving it. Giratina is after Dialga. Still is the line that one of the main cast says, and I go, so how long has it been? How many months has this Dialga been chased, been chased by a Giratina? A non-specific amount of time. It's buddy. impossible to tell because time is under the tyrannical thumb of this quadrupedal monster. <laughs> That's Look, true. Dialga just hung out in his own dimension for five years. <laughs> this is the first time he had to come to the real world. The lady of the two doofuses says, Now transcend the confines of time and space, Giratina. And she enters a soul dimension with it where they link across. She's doing like an aura beam battle almost and starts getting knocked back and just eats shit. She says, Giratina's rage is too strong. So Ash runs into the water where these giant kaiju are battling and just goes, Godzilla, we are friends. (laughs) (laughs) Giratina's like, oh, that's Ash. And just stares at him for a bit, stops attacking, and then the Dialga just flies off like a little bitch. Yeah. He he slinks away. (laughs) The lady that explains Giratina's rage is gone. And then she sends her spirit message to Giratina to calm him. Giratina just <laughs> stares at her and then leaves. Yeah, she should have just pretend she accomplishes something. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what she accomplished? <laughs> Making the movie more boring. Where are these bitches at? <laughs> I was having fun. She says she has the power to connect her heart with the hearts of Pokemon and that Dialga has lent her some of his strength question mark her name is sheena his name other other doofus is kevin (laughs) so good i am sheena mystical pokemon whisper sup i'm kevin Kevin. (laughs) you lift you look pretty fit not really in this movie i I just looked like that one kid from black and white school yeah this is the thing i do they explain that the guardians of the ruins some of them more productive than others introductions uh before she grabs pikachu's face she's just smooshing pikachu's face and i'm like finally the movie's giving me something we all crave (laughs) yeah thank god (laughs) we needed that she immediately launches into because once again this movie is plot as meal prep (laughs) 
Long ago, there was a thunder creature and their master. They changed the fate of this town. Yes, you see, it, it's a part of the legend of this town. And then Ash goes, you mean me and Pikachu? Fucking chosen one again. This son of a bitch. <laughs> Stop it. Ash is the fated one, they say. Brock uses this opportunity to say the word fate a billion times, calling himself another fated person. And he keeps harassing Sheena. And then he gets poison jab and drugged off by Krogut. I appreciate this shot because you get to see our main cast just slowly turn their head to watch him just be dragged into the distance it's really just the disgust on their faces as they watch this happen to him again because he never fucking learns i can't even say it's funny anymore i clap when krogunk shows up but that's about it yeah krogunk's a hero hero to women everywhere krogunk we salute you krogunk Then another water spout opens up and the wind attacks Dialga. It rips a terrible looking tree like it's really low rent CGI and flings into the air so fast it almost kills Dawn. But then Kevin dives with her out of the way. I think this is the only thing he does in this movie. Uh huh. Yeah, this movie is aggressive with the CG. Like it's just everywhere, even when it should not be. Like anything that's a plant that moves, it's got to be CG. I think that shot with all of those trees is the worst in the whole film. Those trees mm-hmm. just look really bad yeah. to me compared to everything else. Dialga appears out of the portal and stops the water spout. Sheena uses her heart powers to sync with both Dialga and Palkia, who then fly around a bit and leave. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket watches. <laughs> hit the counter we need to increment it yeah i was like that sounds like their only role in this every movie uh-huh jesse thinks she can do something with that lady's ability to connect the pokemon to make money meow thinks that lady has a control problem then jesse grabs meow's face and tries to mind dominate him but she sees her face in his coin in the reflection and starts ogling over herself The main cast is now under the ruins in a cave-like area, traveling through it, looking at things. And in this room that is just straight out of mist, they have an interesting spinning device that is apparently the space-time axis. They explain that it detects time-space disruptions. They then show they were in the background of the last two movies. These two. God, Kevin and Sheena were just... the whole time. They were just over a hill. You didn't notice them, Ash. (laughs) We we could have prevented Dialga and Palkia fighting before. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't even try. (laughs) Yeah, you guys were in the Void Orb, and we were like, we don't fuck with the Void Orb. Let's just, like, see how this plays out. (laughs) We really hate Dark Ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So this MacGuffin, the time-space axis, it shows them different separate dimensions for Dialga, Palkia, and Arceus. And Giratina all the way at the bottom. And it also helps them explain that technically it's Arceus's fault because the shockwaves from Arceus moved the dimensions of Dialga and Palkia into each other. This is revisionism. (laughs) There are lots of shots here of Arceus being pissed as all hell. The MacGuffin also tells them exactly when Arceus will appear. Team Rocket watches. (laughs) (laughs) They hear that Arceus can create worlds. Who cares? They have a stained glass projection sort of aesthetic on a waterfall that tells the history of this ruin. You ready to make five meals in 15 minutes? (laughs) 
Direct quote, when it appeared that fragments of the stars were destroying much of the Pokemon, Arceus sacrificed itself to fend off the danger. It had been carrying 16 life plates that would help it counter all possible attacks, but it lost the plates in a collision with the meteors, making its death a certainty. Arceus was saved by a man called Deimos, which I always wanted to call him Stamos, (laughs) who returned the life plates to Arceus. Arceus then took pity on Machina, so it removed the powers of water, grass, ground, electricity, and dragon Hell yeah. from the life plates <laughs> and from the maid, the jewel of life. It trusted Deimos and gave him the jewel of life, even if that meant putting its own life in grave danger. Then, during a solar eclipse, Deimos was supposed to return the jewel of life, but he betrayed Arceus. <laughs> Feeling betrayed, Arceus attacked the shrine and retreated to heal its wounds. It hid itself to protect itself. Deimos is apparently Sheena's ancestor, and she has the Jewel of Life. Team Rocket's going to steal the Jewel of Life and also Arceus. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is their plan. I feel like this is the fastest we've ever seen one of these movies just be like, expedition dump. Yeah, no, Who cares? it was fast. It was like, <laughs> Ash, get in there. We're going to tell you the movie. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on there. Then they said the sentence, Arceus is coming and my stream deck was hooked up. So I pressed the cyberpunk sound. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> Arceus comes out of a portal and screams, the time has come. Prepare for justice. I <laughs> and I'm like, this is a choice. <laughs> so we, we, we. <laughs> I'm so angry about things. <laughs> it's really funny how he comes out, like he comes out of this portal all full of fucking piss and vinegar. Uh-huh. But there's like, there's no civilization here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the town that's like right down the hill or whatever. So. And they got watermelons, and he's gonna fuck them up. <laughs> the town allegedly exists and everything. Ash actually build speed for an hour and clip through the town. Uh, <laughs> Arceus yells before unleashing falling fireballs on the town, and it then flies down to an opening to the underground passageway. About to attack it, he sees a vision of Deimos walking up to him before looking up and seeing Sheena. She has the jewel of life and offers it while apologizing for her ancestors' misdeeds. Arceus then replies by going, What? <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket tries to peer pressure each other into betraying and capturing a god. <laughs> At least they're smart enough to just be like, no, you do it. I'm not fucking with God. <laughs> Arceus is furious and smashes the jewel of life, showing it to be a fake. He yells that the jewel of life is a part of him and cannot and will not break. He then shoots the whoop or morbs out or whatever kids are saying. <laughs> Blows up a lot of the ruins. Bahamut ass fucking attack. Yeah, that shit's insane. Sheena's just confused that it's a forgery. Arceus is pissed over the deception. Sheena apologizes and tries to mind dominate a god. <laughs> Too bad she didn't have that song. She uh, got the shit kicked out of her. His rage is way too strong. I feel like if you went in for the mind dominate just after presenting the jewel while he's shocked, at the very least, you could like empathically get across, yeah, I really want to make up for my ancestors fuck up. I'm so sorry, man. And then that way he knows that it's genuine when the orb is fake. Apparently, when you're like 
a Pokemon god, you just, if you're slightly mad, you won't listen even. You're you're done with that. Now is the time for devastation. Slightly mad? <laughs> this guy is in full tilt, ready to rage. <laughs> I mean, he was in prison for 500 years or something. He was betrayed after all. Actually, he was not imprisoned. Worth noting, he's one of the ones who wasn't imprisoned. He's just hiding himself to repair himself. That's true. You will be brought to justice! He screams while riding down more fireballs from the sky. Dialga and Palkia go, whoa, 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 come out and try to defend them. And Arceus is pissed over their betrayal. Arceus, uh, Kevin then just goes, I need to have a point in this movie. Hey, it's using the life plates to defend against attacks. Hawk a meteor at Thanks, it. Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Kevin. You're the best, Kev. Lighthawk wing have an ass bitch. Arceus then screams, Not even magical creatures will be forgiven for taking sides with the humans. Take this! And um, attacks them. It was really cool. I, I wrote the sub notes. Did you guys know Dialga and Palkia are magic? Which little did I know at the point I wrote <laughs> right? that. I was like, this is stunning lore revelations. <laughs> apparently, dragon type are just fucking magic. <laughs> Ash has Pikachu attack a literal god, and it works because it doesn't have the plate, but now it's really pissed, and it's going to blow them up. Luckily, Giratina defends them from Arceus, and a battle ensues between the four of them now because this is just a Godzilla movie. So freaking sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed Ash didn't say something along the lines of, what is a god to a non-believer and <laughs> click on the aura power? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Arceus has an Ash plate. <laughs> Ash, his heart full of hate, goes to use the aura. And they're like, no, you can't use it when your heart's full of hate. He throws a punch and a Gyarados comes out. How is this not the moment Mewtwo chooses to reveal himself? Oh, that would be so good. That'd be oh, hype. God, a, a, a movie where Mewtwo fights Arceus would be like the top of these movies for sure. It would yes. be so great. <laughs> Palkia is destroying space to stop Arceus now. They say, explaining how Palkia is defending them. Dialga then looks... <laughs> I love this scene so much. Dialga then just looks at the main cast blankly, gets the fluoride stare, and sends everyone but Kevin back to die. <laughs> yeah, not Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> Take it back 10 seconds. I'm like, wait, is Kevin not coming? <laughs> Brock is allowed on this one, but Kevin... No. Nah. Kevin's worthless. <laughs> so let's let's be really clear about about the power scaling here. Uh huh. Palkia uses his space powers to lock down God. Uh -huh. He has cc'd the Almighty for several seconds. Dialga can't send four people back in time <laughs> without needing a nap. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. well, it was a long time yeah. travel, and you know he had to leave out Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the game balance at the time was really in favor of crowd control. <laughs> the Almighty has a really terrible will save. <laughs> he needs that dragon plate back. He sure does. I mean, at least his voice reflects that he has a really low will save. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> Flies away. They arrive in the past during the eclipse, the day of Deimos betrayal. Arceus descends from the sky and lands on this cliff. 
Deimos walks out, reveals the jewel embedded in a scepter. He's cast in darkness and bids Arceus to follow him into a room. Dozens of Pokemon assault Arceus from inside here. Deimos leaves and signals for people to dump frogs on God. Right? First of all, do all those Pokemon know Thunderbolt? I don't know. I guess. And like part two of this plan, drop a chandelier on him. <laughs> I guess they hadn't invented pianos back then. <laughs> yeah, but they invented chandeliers made of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Damios yells that the jewel he put down to trick Arceus into entering the room was a counterfeit and says he has the real one and would never give Arceus the real one. Rocks fall at Arceus as Deimos yells at him, but Cheetah will flourish evermore. Arceus is pissed over being betrayed and shoots beams everywhere, wrecking the ruin. Sheena tries to connect with the alga to be sent even further into the past and weirdly enough succeeds. So they glow and disappear. He fucked it up the first time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, God. he ended there with zero minutes until this happens. You can fix so it. so useless. At the very least, he didn't fuck up the save because if the alga had fucked up the save of sending them back further, they would just be dead. <laughs> This moment of like, we need to travel back. Wait, we need to travel back further. And the rewriting of history and the layers upon it made me go, this is the Remind DLC of Pokemon movies. <laughs> I mean, she is connecting with other people's hearts. So there you go. In the modern timeline, the battle continues. Kevin is there. <laughs> <laughs> it's him and Dialga hanging out, being equals. <laughs> Kevin is there, counter at one. <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket is in a lake as the battle rages and Dialga's tossed into the water. They're freaked out and start running. It's a really good shot, but doesn't do anything for the story. In the past's past, the guards of the town walk up to our main cast. The man in red, who is next to Deimos during the betrayal, has a bronzong and immediately uses hypnosis on all of them but Sheena. Sheena tells him they're from the future and trying to dissuade them from fighting Arceus. He has the main cast thrown into his cell and wants to hear more from Sheena. Piplup and Pikachu are also thrown into his cell with dozens of Pokemon that attack Arceus during the betrayal. I did not expect a betrayal to be the cornerstone of this movie's events. That is still funny to me. A Pichu breaks in through a hole in the wall and frees them. It touches the tail of Pikachu, which is cute, but then Piplup's like... Uh, me too. I see nothing with the, wrong with this plan. It gets fried. <laughs> the main cast is now fully thrown into the prison. The prison guard recaps the movie to some extent. Deimos is in the prison cell with them, however. He was betrayed by Marcus, who threw him in the gel to keep him from returning the jewel to Arceus. The old man prison guard is artistically different from everyone else in a way that's kind of unsettling. They realize Deimos was under hypnosis in the future betrayal events. Ash goes, hey, check this out. Pulls out a Monferno to be like, we're from the future. And then puts it away. And it will never come up again. They took none of their shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. None. Well, they didn't know what it was, right? <laughs> to be fair, yeah, they didn't know they had like six Pokemon each with them. So... That much makes sense, at least. And to be fair, our cast decided not to take advantage of this at all. Yeah. The Monferno. Yeah. 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 No. They didn't try to burn down the, the bars uh -uh. of the cell. Or They're never going to make it out. These guards are so paranoid <laughs> and like they show up from the past and frame one. There's 20 guys with man catchers. Mm -hmm. You're foreign. And they throw them in prison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And they take no backpacks, nothing. no shoes, no. nothing. No. 
Sheena is at a dining table pleading to Marcus, and nothing weird is going in the, on in the background, Bob. It's just Pokemon <laughs> being Pokemon. Yeah, just a heat ran crawling around the walls silently. That thing is so fucking scary. Yes! <laughs> no, I he's so thought, funny! I never thought it would be that quiet and stealthy. <laughs> it's the fact that Heatran is here. We don't acknowledge that it's like a unique Pokemon, and he's just climbing up the walls, minding his fucking business, while Sonic the fucking Hedgehog over here is plotting his evil plot. Yeah. Because that is Jason Griffith, by the way. That's just Sonic. <laughs> That's great. She is at the table pleading Marcus to not go through the plan as Piplup, Pichu, and Pikachu crawl through the tunnels. We now cut to a Chikorita who's cutting ashes with the leaf on its head as a guard forces it to do the work by yelling and being mean. And a Cyndaquil who's heating a fireplace as an ancient dude yells at him too to keep working. So this is the ancient time when people are mean to Pokemon, not... Not like modern times. Like, like, I'm hoping it's not also the ancient time when people in Pokemon got married. Because <laughs> that's... different countries, okay? That, that, that's an unhealthy marriage right there. <laughs> you're just demanding your chicory to cut vegetables with a stick. That's your wife, bro. You need to... Come on now. Not even with a stick, with its own fucking head. <laughs> So the guard is scared by Piplup who fell down and got a crown or a pot on its head. And I don't know why he's this scared. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Piplups aren't real in his timeline. <laughs> I guess uh, his timeline seems really second gen. So I guess fourth gen Pokemon are really scary. Oh, I get it. It's ancient times, so it's Gen 1 and 2. Yes, that's I'm at stupid. some level the writer thinks that. <laughs> and he ran. <laughs> and he well, ran. <laughs> he trans here because we need some Gen 4 in the past. That's not our main cast. Oh, yeah, there, there's some Gen 4 mixed in here. It's not It's not until the even farther back in the past scenes where it's just Gen 1. We'll get there. Yeah. The uh, trio of Pokemon uh, free Chikorita and Cyndaquil from their harnesses and the guards knocked out and whatever. In the future <laughs> timeline, Team Rocket watches. We just glaze over that Pichu and Pikachu ending slavery. <laughs> yeah, they ended slavery by removing their harnesses. So That's I how thought that Pokemon just wore clothes in this time. I didn't, right? I didn't realize this was... Uh, yet another simple and more effective than the Pokeball way to capture and enslave Pokemon. <laughs> is, is it that or is it just like a symbol of their servitude and now that they're free they can go fucking hog wild? I assume it's some sort of magical harness because they do it again later as an important the Pokemon will not dumbly obey you moment. But we'll get to that. So they free Chikorita and Cyndaquil from their harnesses and they're all happy and stuff. In the future timeline, Team Rocket is watching the room that all this happened in and went, look at all this cum shit, dude. It's so cool. Fuck. Look at this. I'm going to put this on my head. The <laughs> scepter's neat. Yo. No one touched this room for 500 years or more after, I, the, after actually, that scene. That's the thing. This movie's really confusing. It's been three weeks. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Davos had a heart attack. They're all just LARPing. <laughs> I was betrayed by LARPers? <laughs> Davos is stunned to find out he betrays Arceus in the future. He then remembers when the meteors fell and Arceus saved them. I out loud at the movie wonder how much more interesting the following events would be if I hadn't seen a slideshow version of it half an hour ago. No, but this is a lot better because this confirms that in the past there was only Gen 1. <laughs> <laughs> Things were better. After the struggle, Damos uses his mind meld to see Arceus' connections with the life plates as it's passed out in the snow and goes to grab it for Arceus. 
He brings it close enough, and it's then absorbed into Arceus's body, which then lights up and grabs all 15 other life plates. He stands up, resurrected as the sun rises, and goes, Kilman, are you the one who slaved me? (laughs) (laughs) We're in Animaniacs territory. (laughs) Deimos says, no, Arceus, it was you who saved us. Oh. Then then we get one interesting tidbit. This is the one part where my brain actually fired a lot of neurons in this entire, we will now show you the animated version of the slideshow from earlier. <laughs> Arceus out loud goes, I will combine these four important elements and dragon to make it stronger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, that explains it. I was wondering how dragon was helping crops grow. Which th- this proves one thing mm. that these are the base elements that make up the natural world and fire types are a base aberration. <laughs> they are unnatural. What? They are unsanctioned. No. By <laughs> and everyone who chooses fire starters is a heretic. Oh my God. Wow. I regret you Formula I will be fighting aggro in the ring. <laughs> aggro? Aggro? You can present all the theories you want. It still won't make grass good. <laughs> Marcus has tricked Sheena into believing the jewel is in the scepter she's holding and she will just not check until the ceremony <laughs> the pokemon are trying to grab a key ring in the prison cell the trio we're used to piplup lowers down both pikachu and pichu by their tails and they can't quite reach it but then a totodile just walks in and is like hey totodile oh you need that and goes wah, 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 like it do and then it sprays the ring with water to fling it back up at them it's very cool it's a happy moment in the future team rocket watches <laughs> they they are now wearing all the stupid bullshit they found in this one room <laughs> just absolute fucking guzmatier they should just be leaning back looking like they're high stumbling around just covered in bullshit from the ancient ruins the dragons and arceus battle jesse slams down the scepter and realizes it has the jewel of life in it all right score the ground shakes and they fall into a scene that's reused for the last time they fell <laughs> earlier in this movie. Arceus gets real pissed and uses that raining fireball attack again and then we cut to the past. Damo says he's going to stop Marcus. Ash wonders how. Damo says he has friends too and Pichu comes up and gives him the ring. They had him on Farno the whole time. <sighs> The old man prison guard looks away as they leave the cell until Deimos throws the key ring at him and then says to our main cast, thank you, children from the future, and runs away. Sheena tries to give Arceus the jewel at the spot the ceremony happened before in the future that is yet to be that is now happening, explaining that Deimos isn't there because he was going to betray Arceus. And as she opens it, the scepter is empty. Oh, my God. And Arceus just staring down at this goes... You deceived me! (laughs) Takes zero notice of the fact that she is also stunned and shocked by this revelation. Uh Uh-huh. He was just looking for an excuse to go fucking ape at this point. This dude has anger problems. He just flies out the handle at anything. It's so insane how many parts of this movie are like the Jewel of Life shell game. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Where it's like, I'm going to pick up this shell. Oh, no, it's not there. I was so sure it would be. (laughs) A bunch of Pokemon that attack Arceus. Marcus calls on them to unleash the silver water on Arceus, which seals him into the ground. It is just molten steel, I guess. 
The Pokemon continue to nail him over and over with attacks, and the main cast runs up to go, Oh my god. Marcus shows Sheena the jewel of life and says he's thankful she told him all about the future because now the future is going to change. Where Sheena is standing collapses, but Deimos saves her from the fall. When their hands touch, they mind meld. Is this incestuous? Agro. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had flashbacks to Demolition Man, so... <laughs> All right. Silver water floods down the halls, but Brock then stops it with a pseudo-woodo. Oh, Thanks, so Brock. You're so much better than Kevin. <laughs> we should not be thanking Brock. He's not the real hero in this moment. My boy finally earning his keep. Let's go, my MVP. <laughs> Thank you, pseudo-woodo. You're so much better than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Ash runs up to Marcus and demands the jewel But then Heatran attacks him But is countered by Pikachu Whose Thunderbolt seemingly put it in a coma Because it just stops moving after that Bronzong then comes at Ash And um, Dawn as well And yeah, I don't know Marcus explains his brilliant plan to kill Arceus So Arceus can't appear in the future This is a very smart plan Ashton and Marcus continue to fight as Arceus is continuing to be sealed in the silver water. Sheena and Deimos join hands and mind meld with all the Pokemon attacking Arceus. Then down the hall from the battle scene we're having with Ashton and Marcus, second gen starters and a dozen Rattatas roll up and they're just like, <laughs> what's up? We're going to protect you from being attacked. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Marcus then screams, magical creatures live in the shrine? <laughs> <laughs> the squad next time I see a fucking rat I'm gonna yell that <laughs> yeah. Marcus is shocked that the attack has stopped he looks down to see Deimos and Sheena trying to mind well with Arceus then he gets attacked by Ash not with the aura though he would be dead if that happened <laughs> Ash reduced to using his hands <laughs> Marcus commands Heatran and Bronzong to deal with Ash, but they don't. Instead, being freed from their harnesses by Pikachu and Piplup. Ash and Deimos struggle over the Jewel of Life, which is then dropped. Ash, this is this child constantly gets into risky situations. This is immediately the most, oh my god, someone get that child. Uh, yeah. Ash jumps off the ledge to grab the Jewel with his feet. And then tosses it back to Pikachu while hanging from a wooden pole in the wall. And then just jumps all the way back up on these wooden poles. That is insane. Yeah, he really just knows parkour yeah. instantly in this uh -huh. movie. He held right trigger as Ezio. <laughs> and he just climbed it perfectly. This is what the human animal is capable of when he doesn't know fear. Or <laughs> more specifically, when he doesn't think that he can fall and hit the ground. Because it's <laughs> never happened to him. <laughs> Look, it's not that hard. He just perfectly timed the QTEs. The windows are generous. He just hit the triangle button on every single one, and then we're good. It's one of those 15-second QTEs. It's like, oh, I hit square. Come on. Hey, buddy. Wake up. <laughs> Fighting the rage of Arceus, Deimos leaps down into a ball of fire in the mind meld dimension. Ash runs up to Arceus and then tries to give it the jewel, but its eyes are deep red, and it remains motionless because it's this tilted. The entire main cast starts to turn transparent back to the future style as Arceus is sealed in more and more silver water. Ash cries and pleads to Arceus to not leave the world, quote, hating us. I'm okay with you dying, but don't be mad, bro. <laughs> Inside the mind dimension, Deimos is reaching further and further into the sun of hatred that is Arceus and is being assaulted by the waves of anger. 
Pikachu turns into sparkles and Ash starts to too. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is the first time the boys had to be like, oh no, Pikachu will die and so will I. Because as we find out later, this doesn't seem to be a rewriting the future problem. This seems to be a there is no future in a godless realm problem. <laughs> Deimos walks through the ball of rage and touches Arceus on his snoot, who then converts to blue and loses all of his rage. Deimos tells him to please take the jewel of life. Come on, man. It then <laughs> flies out of Ash's hands and is absorbed by Arceus. The main cast reforms after Arceus absorbs it, showing that they weren't disappearing because of the timeline changed. They were disappearing because they were dead in the godless future that they almost returned to. Arceus asks, who are you, Ash? In this weird voice that continues to be weird, and Ash introduces himself and Pikachu. Arceus asks if Ash saved his life, but Ash says, we all did. Marcus gets depressed thinking about the future and how it's doomed and that Machina will return to being a wasteland. He was so close. He almost killed God. And at the crucial moment, these cowards chose to kneel. <laughs> and he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for these meddling kids and that dumb rat. That's true. Hey, 12 dumb rats. <laughs> All in a row. Yes. Look, as much as I love the Rattatas, the Rattatas did not catch that fucking jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Everything inexplicably starts collapsing. I guess it was a timed demolition. Arceus stops everything from falling and saves the Pokemon and removes all of their harnesses. There's a shot of Marcus's crown on the ground, question mark? Sometime later, Arceus tells them that he's used up all of his strength, so he must rest and thanks everyone for saving him. Deimos is sad he won't get to talk to the future children more, and they're teleported away. In the future, Arceus is still mad and the dragons are devastated by his attacks. <laughs> oh no, it's a split timeline. We're fucked. This entire timeline and movie was pointless. We're gonna die. Now we have to kill Arceus. <laughs> Bring out the silver water. Ash yells at Arceus to stop. And then Arceus realizes, oh, that's Ash. Then he casts the world in his digital eye time space. He has digital macro blocking of sepia blocks of the events of the past and really just the movie. And then he goes, Ash. And suddenly all the ruins are reformed. Brock goes, history has been corrected. Thanks, Brock. Team Rocket watches on the shore of a lake. And the jewel disappears from their hands, saying, they're washed up again, and then they get splashed with water. Arceus is now in the sky with all of the life plates. Color returns to everything, and all three dragons fly up to him. Sheena, Ash, Dawn, and Brock are standing on the cliff. Brock says that because they gave the jewel back, this place should be desolate. But Arceus explains that the humans cultivated this land to bring it back to life. Kevin runs up and hugs Sheena, causing Brock to freak out. The dragons all fly off. The cast then finds a mural with them in it, giving Arceus the jewel back. Arceus tells Ash his world is a truly magnificent place. And this is verbatim. And now with great joy, I have come to truly understand that I am a part of it. And he flies into a portal to another dimension. What is this? What is this? Also, the whole thing from the beginning of the movie where Ash is the chosen one. Doesn't uh -huh. seem like it originally was there. Like, they don't have that until the end of the movie where he is written to the legend. I don't... See, I, I, I thought Thunder Creature and Creature Master was going to be Deimos and his Pichu. Right? Yeah, but they didn't show Pichu in the flashback because that would spoil that Pichu was Deimos' partner. 
So none of it ends up making any sense. <laughs> we might also be working with several iterations of this time loop because Dialga <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they just ended up in a different timeline that they started it. And it's so similar. They don't know. They need to go check that house and see if the yard door uh, squeaks when they open <laughs> it. Stop it. <laughs> then we get our ending credits. The opening of it is a stained glass slideshow again inside of a garlandy circle. Later, it's scenes of the main cast leaving in the top half of the frame, and Team Rocket finds the watermelon patch. But when Meowth tries to pick one up, it is in fact a Voltorb painted like a watermelon, and it explodes. Scarecrows are pretty low-tech compared to the Pokemon Universe's solution. I, this town is fake. It's just those two <laughs> kids pretending there's a town and setting up devious traps like this. <laughs> the fuck kind of Dean Koontz novel are you pitching? Right? <laughs> it's like Home Alone, except they have no home but the wilderness around them. <laughs> Children of the watermelon. Uh, right? So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for Agro's reference, everyone. You won't understand it unless you're standing in an airport right this second. <laughs> <laughs> Those, that's the only place where Dean Koontz novels still exist. I'm just thinking Lord of the Cutie Flies or some shit. That's good. <sighs> Deimos is in a field while Marcus is doing yard work. I guess they put him to work in the field because he's now wearing a very plain outfit. You try to betray a god, you're now a slave and everyone's okay with it, I guess. Okay, I'm going to say the first two words, and to anyone who didn't watch two episodes ago, you're going to be confused who the hell this is, but the Baron and two other characters for the Palkia and Dialga movie are traveling in the skies above the town they live in, and the Baron's weird hot air balloon bike thing starts failing as Darkrai watches them from the top of a building. Zero, from the last movie, is in prison being shown his waifu has been trapped in a smartphone by that other guy. I already forgot his name. Newton, I think. Newton Graceland. I don't know. It doesn't have the staying power of Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you're right. Shaman is in a tree by itself because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the song finishes and then they recycle the song from the last movie for 20 seconds before switching to another movie song. I guess this is like the three movie songs coming together in the credits. I wonder if in Japan, like it's a seamless mix of all three instead of turn it off, turn it back on. In Japan, it's, it's just one song. I, I see. That makes sense. Anyways, that's it. That's the plot of the movie. Arceus <laughs> and the Jewel of Life. Man, that scene with Zero and the Professor was my favorite in the movie. <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> we have invented smartphones and your waifu is trapped in it. At least she's not dead. Yeah, I think that was the thrust of the scene. Or it's like, look, it didn't. The, the, your, your waifu isn't dead. Now you can, you can be Blade Runner 2049 in prison. Pros, your VTuber girlfriend is alive. Uh, cons, you will not get this smartphone until they let you out of prison in 30 years. Oh, no. <laughs> just going to put it over here on this table, just out of reach. <laughs> that does make me wonder, like, what is he being charged with? I mean, he did attempt to crush a town. Attempted murder of a godly Pokemon. Potential destruction property for an entire fucking village. And just being a freak, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but he's rich, so he'll probably get out pretty soon. How is he rich again? We talked about that a bit in that movie. It was like, he got fired from they his job say. and then had a flying fortress. <laughs> yeah, and then had a flying fortress. He he probably is like, no, look, I'm going to launch Giratina coin. <laughs> <laughs> so they charged him with bank fraud. Got it. Yeah, there you go. 
Well, that's it for the recap of the movie. We have all of our segments coming up. But before we get to that, did you know you can get these up to a whole month early and sometimes a little bit more over on patreon.com slash GB podcast where you get access to that early access to Chugging Bleach, our Bleach rewatch anime podcast, and also a bunch of extra commentary tracks and other things and access to the movie Isolation 119, a movie about... I believe Chris's best read was the harming of one's brother. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyways, that's patreon.com slash GB podcast. Let's get to our segments. First one, whimsy meter. How whimsical is this Godzilla movie? Chris. I feel like the opening is pretty whimsy where it's like, you took our watermelon. We're going to have a Pokemon battle. And then it like the time travel thing should have some whimsy, but it's so flat without any grandeur at all i'm gonna have to give this a four on the whimsy meter it's just a bit below the middle of the road aggro i think he's coming in right where it's at like there's a lot of things in this setting and the events that could be whimsical but tonally the whimsy's not in this sick-ass kaiju time travel movie so four is about where it's pushing the needle bob yeah, it's not too whimsical, but there is a tiny bit of sparkle, like them going back to ancient civilization and the Pokemon like goofing around in the past. So I'll give it a six, like a little bit, but not much. Shibuya. Yeah, the watermelon thing and the Pokemon battle at the start have a lot of relative whimsy. Uh, and then God almost dies. And, you know, <laughs> we get the levity of what feels like one of the shorts before the movie whenever Pichu, Piplup, and Pikachu are running around. But yeah, again, those don't feel as whimsical as they probably should yeah. because they're intercut with everyone in the cell going like, if we don't stop this, you are fated to die and Arceus is fated to kill everybody else. So I'm giving it a three, personally. I'm coming in at the extreme end. I'm giving this one for one reason. There are scenes that on paper should sound whimsical, but there's something about the way this movie's directed, the exact writing of the words, the events of the film and everything else that makes it seem so incredibly stale, like almost like when you shoot an entire movie in wide. Like, you've been removed <laughs> from the whimsy. Yes, like, the blocking and the shot composition of this movie are, like, so flat and uninteresting. It's very bizarre in that way. There are only a few scenes, too, where I just can point my finger and be like, that is definitely supposed to be whimsical. But every time it's like, yeah, the time traveling would be whimsical if they didn't, you know, time travel to just barely escape death. There are a few different things like that. It's just, it doesn't ring whimsical to me. Well, that gives it a total of 18 points, average of 3.6. Now we're moving on to our next segment, the Dex check. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I'm excited to talk about. Oh, wait, I have to read every Pokemon that's in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry. This will be short. There are only 91, which is, I think we found out 34 fewer than the prior movie. Anyways, let's get to it. Pikachu, Meowth, Wobbuffet, Piplup, Staraptor, Staraptor, Grotal, Monferno, Buizel, Gliscor, Baneri, Pachirisu, Mamoswine, Sudowoodo, Crogunk, Happiny, Garchomp, Melodic, Chimchar, Heracross, Beautifly, Nidoking, Nidoqueen. There are four Nidoqueens and two Nidokings. Electric, Minetric, Baltoy, Claydol, Lanoon, Nosepass, Probopass, Absol, Exploud, Luxray, Heatran, Bronzong, Arceus, Dialga, 
Palkia Giratina, Pichu, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Rattata, Shaman, Darkrai, Buff, Venomoth, Dusk Noir, Tauros, Cubone, Marowak, Geodude, Graveler, Golem, Nidoran, Fremal, Nidoran, Mal. I hate that they have that on their name. Nidorina, Nidorino, Ninjask, Combi, Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot, Sandshrew, Sandslash, Centrip, Furret, Stantler, Yanma, Oddish, Gloom, Vileplume, Blossom, Bellsprout, Victory Bell, Badoo, Roselia, Roserade, Sunkern, Sunflora, Raikou, Entei, Suicune, Ho-Oh, Lugia, Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, Kyle, Ogre, Groudon, and Manaphy. So, how are we feeling on this dex check? We're going to start with Agra. Uh, this was pretty exquisite. You had the whole clutch of legendaries just throwing down over a lake. You, <laughs> uh, you had the early, here's everybody on the squad's Pokemon, Pokemon battle scene. You had a nice mix of environmental Pokemon from different gens. You had a scene where it's just Gen 1 Pokemon. Always appreciate that. You had a bunch of sequences where the cast's Pokemon were actually doing shit. It was pretty much top of the board all the way around. I think I'm prepared to give this movie a 10. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty strong showing. Bob. Yeah, I actually don't feel nearly as good about this one because it it felt like the Pokemon didn't do hardly anything. Like Pikachu and Piplup did stuff. But other than that. I felt like they were really left out. This is pseudo Wudo erasure, and I will not stand for it. He had one good Honestly. scene, finally, but <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah, there's some good Pokemon here, but it didn't. I felt like a lot of the ones I really liked were like, oh, yeah, they're part of that crowd that's shooting Arceus. They don't have any like real part in the movie, or they're in the intro. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a seven. It's a little weak. Shibuya. Yeah, there's a pretty good variety here for all four of the gens that exist up to this point. I adore having all the Gen 4 legendaries finally, and Heatran is here too, which is nice. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if they would give him anything. I love the hard gold soul silver plug with like, here's the Gen 2 starters, and I love Totodile just doing his little spy thing on the wall and then spitting water. He's such a good guy. So good. I thought there were fewer Gen 4 mons that weren't the legendaries, but then you listed off all of them. (laughs) And I went, where the fuck were they? They're just stuffed (laughs) in a drawer. (laughs) I guess they were in the crowd that, like, beat the shit out of Arceus at the end. Yeah. But my standard here is that when there's a Pokemon like Baltoy on full display, you cannot argue that they're cherry picking. There's solid variety for all four gens, and I think I'm giving this a 9 out of 10 because of that. Yeah, I also feel really strongly about this. I enjoyed the full cast. We got really good and diverse representation, which isn't common. It feels like they really double down on things that are new. You know, you see some of the third gen movies where it's just like, oh, third gen. And I'm like, I understand the first one or two of these were really second gen heavy. I get it. But it's nice that we're starting to get the variety that I appreciate gen wise. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Chris. Yeah, I feel like eight's a pretty good spot. There was a lot of stuff where I did like the Leonardo DiCaprio leaning forward and pointing at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it was just cool to finally have all the Gen 4 legendaries in one movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I do like how much of a Godzilla vibe that gives the movie. Yeah, that's cool. Um, It's just a shame that that criminal, Dialga, Uh kept getting away. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. 
Well, we're moving on now to the gun check. Could a gun have much more easily solved this problem? Bob, we're starting with you. Sheena could have shot Marcus in the head, but yeah. she was being fully like fooled because she was just the movie idiot for some reason. <laughs> I, I was really glad they didn't put Dawn in that role. I was like, we don't need her to have an L this big. <laughs> that would have been terrible. So yeah, unfortunately, because she was too dumb, a gun could not have fixed this problem. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Shibuya, thoughts? This one's tricky because, yes, shooting Marcus is the ultimate solution to this, since he's the only one who has the intent to deceive Arceus with the jewel. The problem here is that I think the only one on the team who would, like, get the vibes that something's off with him would probably be Brock, and only if he's in the room with Sheena in that moment. So, yes, if Brock has the gun. No, in all other instances for me. I'm going to put that down as a yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If Brock materializes, if, if, Brock, if Brock appears in front of the woman the way he is wont to do, <laughs> oh, no. then yes. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you gave Deimos a gun, the <laughs> moment Marcus came to his cell was like, hey, we're going to do this and then try to use hypnosis, he would shoot Marcus and maybe... Just maybe we could solve some of this movie. I feel like that is a very different timeline where you traveled back in time to give Damos a gun. I'm going to vote yes. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say a gun could solve this. Not just in this movie, but I feel like in the Pokemon universe, anytime a guy walks up to you and is like, hey, my Pokemon hip, no... <laughs> that should be when you start firing. Right. And I feel like Brock, like, game should recognize game, and he should have known what was going on immediately and open fire. Oh, God. <laughs> Brock just starts moving so fast, you see silhouette after images of him, <laughs> side dodging everything. The instant transmissions behind this man to put the gun to his head. Brock just goes, so neato. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a yes of course yes absolutely <laughs> aggro i'm really glad that chris got there because i spent a long time thinking like oh man yeah nobody at any point had the correct information to solve this problem with gun violence but then i hit upon that exact same idea chris is 100 right the moment somebody with a pokemon capable of hypnosis gets a syllable into that word <laughs> you open fire <laughs> <laughs> and you let Arceus sort him out. <laughs> That's, yeah. Like, they wouldn't have known they were saving the day, but they would have saved the day. Right, yeah. This is a timeline thing. We're not, like, would this character be morally correct to fire the gun? <laughs> That's not this segment. That is, in fact, the exact opposite, frankly. Marcus falls to the ground dead. Dialga transports them back, and they go, it's better now you did it. And they go, but we didn't do anything. Wait. <laughs> Look, was it, it him? <laughs> and roll credits. It's always morally correct to shoot someone who is trying to use a no on a person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they transport back, but like the guy, the original guy character, I forget his name. Deimos? No, the modern day Kevin? guy who's with Oh, the Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin just starts to like fucking back to the future out of existence because <laughs> he's Marcus's descendant. No. <laughs> oh my god. Well, the next segment is MVP, most valued Pokemon. Who is your most valued Pokemon this time? And Shibuya, you get the honors. Do I go with my heart or do I go with my brain? This is <laughs> tricky because I'm not used to going first on this one. Yeah, it's he's time, right, Shibuya. He earned it. 
I'm sorry, but my man Suda would have saved them from liquid mercury. Yeah! This is his moment. Let's fucking go. He finally earned it. Thank God. Now you can't say it's just bias. My man saved three of their fucking lives. Yeah. No, he really did pull it together in a way not many Pokemon did this movie. But you know who I'm going to give it to? Toto Dial. <laughs> yeah, he was my second pick. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Excellent yeah. taste havers going first. Like it, it was kind of a silly <laughs> scene, but he really was clutch. They weren't going to solve that problem in another way. No, because if they fell, they would have been stuck in that room. So, <laughs> because Ash is an idiot. <laughs> yes. He was also efficient about it. One move pulls them back up to the rafters and also gives them the key. Totodile is in and out. Yeah, and he was really precise with that shot. You would have thought from how it looked that he just messed up, shot water everywhere and whatever. No, that was a precision shot to shoot a ring of metal up onto like a bar of wood. Like, that is not an easy feat. Good job, Totodile. Up next is Chris. Now, can most valuable Pokemon be someone who did their job really well, even if they were working for the villain? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Because Marcus's plan goes nowhere without Bronzong. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's smart. Yeah. Like, he's just washed from the start. <laughs> I don't know. Heat ran crawl all over them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I gotta say, before I don't even get it into this entire podcast, Heat Ran moving like a cockroach deeply unsettles me. <laughs> He's just crawling on the wall in the background actually made me go, oh, that's not how I imagined that at all. <laughs> it's more terrifying, like it's Heat Ran. It's not like <laughs> they're around and you're like, oh, look, it's a Heat Ran. We have those in the countryside. No, you're like going through a dark building in the middle of the night and suddenly <laughs> there's something you've never seen before the size of a Volkswagen. You just hear the fucking lumbering footsteps and it's like, and you're like, oh shit, we gotta go. We gotta get we gotta out of go. This is Heat Rand's house. We gotta go. Aggro. My boy is two for two. Once again, it is Palkia on Let's his CC go. rotation, keeping the boss on lockdown, saves raids. Good taste havers unite on this podcast. Hey, Bob. Hey. Who is your most valued Pokemon? I'm going to do a really weird pick here. No. Oh. It's Heat Ran. Oh, God. In this entire <laughs> milk toast, boring movie, uh -huh. Heat Ran's there to terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He doesn't accomplish anything, really, but he is there to just place horror in my heart. <laughs> I mean, it, it, at least there was something going on. It could have been a cutaway to an Alakazam eating someone's soul, and you would have been like, yeah, good job, Alakazam. You know what makes it worse? That outfit he's wearing. Yeah. Because my brain's like, is that a saddle? How is that a saddle? Does how Marcus he... ride that? How does he ride it? Like, they look like gynecologist stirrups. <laughs> is this saddle oh, not for humans? God. Where is this thing from? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't like any of these questions. Ugh. We're moving on to the next segment. Is Ash in a coma? Does this movie support this theory or deny it? I get to start. I'm a little torn because I don't, once again, I don't think this movie's very whimsical. Ash is the centerpiece of a legend or possibly Damos, unclear. But I don't think there's a whole lot in this that is reinforcing the Ash and Acoma theory. It doesn't jump out at me the way other movies have. So I'm going to have to put myself down for no. He went back in time and became best buddies with God. <laughs> yeah. 
Shit happens in the Pokemon universe. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, I hear you may have opinions on this. You're next. <laughs> At this point in this project, there are only two possibilities. <laughs> Ash is in a coma or Ash is the Pokemon universe equivalent of Adol Kristen and is just automatically the chosen one of every culture he runs up on, none of which have had communications with each other. Yes. So I'm, for my own sanity, I have to go with Koma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Agro, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't. Like, in this movie, I don't think Ash is in a coma anymore. Oh, like this is a direct sequel to the Rise of Darkrai. I think he was once under Dialga's tyrannical time terrorist powers, uh -huh. but he has since been awakened to fulfill his destiny as this week's chosen one. You're telling me Dialga was trying to hold Ash down so he couldn't solve the problem with Arceus? Yeah. God, Dialga's so sinister. He sucks. <laughs> I was so scared that Agra was about to go, yeah, Ash wasn't a coma. Now he's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> we are seeing the chemical rush in his brain that dying brings him. Bob, what do you think? I think this being a coma is the only explanation for how bizarrely put together this movie is and how there isn't a really a town and nothing adds up right. Like, this has to be a coma dream. Nothing else excuses the bizarreness of how poorly put together this is. So, yes. Yeah. Shibuya? This one surrounds a thing called the Jewel of Life. Uh-huh. And we're arguing Ash isn't in a coma when him fading away can be him flatlining for a few minutes before the doctors come in and bring him back. That's what I'm getting from this, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have an, a villain who's a red Sonic OC who hates <laughs> nature because he's edgy. Uh-huh. He's in a fucking coma. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this one's just a coma. Yeah, he he flatlines for two minutes and then he sees God. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a way to phrase this, but Marcus does look bizarrely like a creative character from Sonic Forces. Oh, God. There's just <laughs> something in his face. Yeah. It's, it's the fact that his hair is meant to be the sun and the spikes go out, but I just see spikes and red, and I'm like, you're a Sonic OC with Sonic, but he's red. That's all you are. This is fucked up. That's fair enough. Chris, you're going to start us on our next segment, which is Arceus Ex Machina. How conveniently did the plot holes of this movie solve themselves because of the hand of an invisible or this time very visible <laughs> god? <laughs> there wasn't anything that really felt especially egregious. But this is just an aside. Like at the opening of the movie, the way they phrase it is like, Deimos thought giving the jewel back would turn the land back into a barren wasteland, so he didn't want to do it. Then at the end of the movie, they're like, no, that, that's how it works. Yeah. Arceus is a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah, you, you can have like five years or however long, it might not even have been that long, to settle in this uninhabitable wasteland, and then I'm just going to make it an uninhabitable wasteland again. Enjoy spending the rest of your life laboring so you don't die. Arceus is very Old Testament. I thought the implication was that, yeah, he gave them the jewel to help, but what really did it was their hard work. To me, the implication was the magic made the ground fertile, but after that, the responsibility fell on the humans in order to maintain it. I don't know. That was just the vibe I got. So, Chris, you're saying definitely not a case of RCSX Machina here? 
I mean, there was no Arceus Ex Machina to resolve a plot hole. He did just go, you will all live because I say mm -hmm. and fix everything. But that doesn't that's not what we're asking. Right. So no, no to Arceus Ex Machina. OK, well, it's one to ten. So one. Yeah, one. OK. Aggro. OK. Uh-huh. Because this is a thorny linguistics question. Uh -huh. I need, so what we've established is that because Arceus literally does it himself, <laughs> it is not the figurative Arceus Ex Machina that we have heretofore been using and discussing. Which would, again, since, you know, he himself <laughs> looked out across the multitude of timelines, realized that, oh, Tialka tried, Arceus bless him, and then fixed this timeline without his dumbass. That, uh, yeah, no, that's that's going to be a one, because all of the mechanics at play were utilized internally, <laughs> because one of them was God. <laughs> yeah. So that's a one. Bob. I'm sorry. I have to give it a 10. Arceus is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, beautiful son of a bitch. God. Yeah. Important lines in the sand being drawn. <laughs> Cinema City's dead. I turned on the machine, my PS5, turned on the movie, and Arceus came out of it. Shibuya, what, what, where do you land on this? I'm actually not going to give it a one or a ten. I'm giving it a two for a singular fucking reason. Who was that legend about? <laughs> Who was the trainer with the Thunder Pokemon? It can't be Deimos because we don't see Pichu in the legend. It can't be Ash because that was before they changed the timelines. Uh -huh. What the fuck? That's a plot hole. Dude, I don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> I that's that's my one major gripe when credits rolled. I was just like, who the fuck was that about? <laughs> I'm starting to think the English dub added it. <laughs> Frankly, they probably did. <sighs> God, that would I can't suck. verify, but that just feels right. It feels like some English dumb bullshit. It does, because it just seems like a layer they slapped onto something else that just made it wrong. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give it a 10 because I turned on my PS5 and my keys came out of the machine. <laughs> well, we're here. The final segment. Rating the movie out of a 1 to 493 scale. And we're going to start off with aggro. Oh, let me do some math real quick. Just got a times. Okay. Um, I really like this movie. It had great Pokemon in it. Dope shit happened. There was immaculate CG corn. There were a lot of great looking shots. <laughs> I'm going to give this one like a straight up 450. This is the most fun I've had watching one of these for a while. Wow. Also, That's... this movie embarrassed Dialga as much as he deserved. <laughs> Let's go. Are these directly correlated factors? I just can't tell. It's impossible to really separate it. <laughs> Bob, what are you going to give this movie? I feel like this was the biggest mess of a Pokemon movie we've watched. <laughs> and not in a fun way. It ended up just being boring most of the time. Somehow, even with giant gods fighting. So I'm going to give it like 120. Shibuya, what, where are you coveted at this? I'm probably more on the aggro side of things because of the three Gen 4 movies, this one has some of like my favorite individual moments. Like, we have all four of them. It's so fucking cool. I love that shit. The entire opening 20 minutes, strong as hell. I love seeing Dialga just appear and then Giratina just apparating <laughs> from the water like, gotcha, bitch. It's yeah, so good. That was so good. 
it then meanders for about 45 minutes in the middle, which is so unfortunate. But then it really picks back up once Arceus comes back and we get back to that point of we gotta give him the fucking stone. He needs the stones. I understand why the middle has to be weaker because it's covering the shit we already covered. But I was at least engaged for most of it, which I can't say too much about like the Giratina movie comparatively. Mm hmm. So I'm probably going to end up giving it about a 4.15. I think it's right in the middle of these three for me. Okay. Yeah, the weird thing is it also ends up in about in the middle for the three of these. But my numbers were very different before, so my number now is also very different. I'm going to give this 196. I think it, this movie could have been a killer film if it was like 15, 20 minutes shorter. You cut out the slideshow that tells you what the entire rest of the movie is. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't yeah. show us the movie before we watch the movie, please. <laughs> then when you travel back in time to see the actual events, they're new to you that time. And then when you travel further back, that's just knowledge you're bringing back to then. There's also a ton of Team Rocket filler that really doesn't need to be here. There's Kevin. What's that about? Kevin! (laughs) But overall, I didn't absolutely hate this film. I do think there are a lot of aspects of it that make it less enjoyable as a plot line than some of the other ones. But I did enjoy just Giratina tackling Dialga at the beginning because that's hilarious. Because once again, we have no idea how much time has passed. (laughs) It could have been a whole year of every time Dialga shows his face that happens. He's so thirsty. (laughs) I hope. Uh, And last, Chris, where are you coming in at? I thought this was pretty average overall. Again, partly for the thing Bob said where it's just bizarrely presented. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a 279 because it did have the kaiju battle. That was cool. It had the frankly excessive trap they were trying to use to kill Arceus with. <laughs> I feel like you could do worse for traps to kill a god than they did. Yeah. Well, they did do worse the first time. She gave them the <laughs> intel and he was like, all right, change of plans. In these 20 minutes I have, we are going to set up liquid mercury. <laughs> guy is such a chat. <laughs> Dude's like, so then we stick a clove of garlic into Arceus's mouth and cut off its head. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just becomes Princess Mononoke. <laughs> 279's where I'm sitting. Okay, well, that sure is a bunch of numbers, and with that, we're done. I think I'm supposed to say you don't have to Pokemon Go, but you can't Pokemon Stay Here. See you next time for Pokemon Go to the Movies.